Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to Ask a Lawyer, a production of the Institute for Native Arts and Media. This half hour is sponsored by Oklahoma Indian Legal Services, serving Indian country in Oklahoma for 40 years. Good morning. I have Nikki Lindsay with me, one of our favorites from Ask a Lawyer. How are you, Nikki? I'm good. Thank you for having me. How are you? Excellent. Well, and in the wake of all of this crazy Kanye West, I can't get over it. I just can't get over it. And so you were one of the first people that I wanted to talk to about this because, I mean, would you agree that this, he's basically playing out on a global scale, what many abuse survivors deal with on a daily basis? Oh, absolutely. We're seeing all the, the, Typical signs of um, manipulation by him, trying to manipulate Kim back into a relationship. And this is something that domestic violence victims and survivors struggle with on a daily basis. I think it's really interesting social media's role in all of this because when when we and we've all known those couples who make up and break up and just perpetuate that whole cycle from the honeymoon phase to the somebody's got to go to the hospital kind of thing and i think that it's it's very telling that a lot of this is playing out on social media because social media now is such a huge tool to intimidate and to bully not just domestic violence survivors but children and elders and you know from fat shaming to slut shaming to abuse shaming i mean how what what i'm curious to know too is the impact on these survivors themselves in your experience do you see kind of this this play out just on a on a on a level with your clients where they have this partner who is continuing to harass them during so kind of like you know let's make up your bitch <laughs> kind of thing i mean are do you and and the the survivor themselves really has that burden of proof on them to show that i find this her as harassment or harassment it really is it's a an, an unfortunate great example of a, a microorganism view into what occurs every day with a victim because we're seeing it play out on the media but in cases that i've worked with you, you see this occurring and it's really hard because we have people saying oh he sent her a truckload of flowers how romantic no it's not romantic it's harassment but how does the victim go to court and say well he sent me flowers and i felt threatened by that because in society we think oh that's a romantic gesture and it's it's really insulting that the media plays into this and because she's over here trying to end this relationship probably in the best way she can that's healthy and safe for herself and her kids. And he's over here still manipulating, using the media to do it, posting and everybody's going, oh, that's so romantic. No, that's that looks like escalation because a victim is in more danger when they start trying to make a separation from their abuser than at any other time in the relationship. And this can occur even while they're still living in the same home. If the abuser feels like they're separating, they're making that emotional separation even, then they will start to escalate their behavior and they'll change their tactics. 
So here, even though they're actually physically separated, he's trying to change his tactics. He's changing them to make it look like, you know, it's Valentine's Day, perfect day to send all these roses, post it on social media, say I don't hate her. I don't really hate her. I think he had a post where I have no beef with Kim, um, but it's him. And it's like, oh, yes, you do. Because if she took you back tomorrow, next week, you you would be after her over her dating that man. So it's just a manipulation of media, manipulation of people in general. And I just playing on a, on a scale that's so visible to everybody, I would feel sorry for a victim, you know, because, but this is what we see in day-to-day -day life and what day-to-day -day victims struggle with when they're going to court or even talking to mutual friends. They're trying to defend what other people are saying is, rational behavior he just wants the family back together no if he wanted the family together we wouldn't be here to begin with so obviously she's drawn her line in the sand and he needs to respect that well and and please i mean and i i want to remind our podcast subscribers and listeners like i'm not a kim kardashian fan i'm not Maybe. a kanye west fan however when just as someone <laughs> as a survivor as someone who has who has sat with many other survivors, especially as you say during this most dangerous time and that time of planning, I mean, she has all the resources she could ever need, but she can still get murdered by her ex partner. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like she has the resources to hire bodyguards and to do all of those things and to get a court order and they can totally take themselves off of social media. Like let, let's make no mistake about it. They, that, that can totally happen. But because we're seeing it play out in this very public way, what I'm hoping is that this is going to raise some awareness because it seems like there's two factions. There's factions like you and I like, hey, this is not okay. This is escalating behavior and somebody's got to do something. And then there's these meme creators who are like, oh, look, this is funny. Look at his face when his kid's talking to him. She's probably telling all the business. But A, you probably know that's true. And B, I mean that that wouldn't you consider that kind of a a continued provocation to him to kind of encourage that behavior that very public very abusive behavior toward her oh absolutely and i'm also not a fan of either one in particular but you know over the years i've heard bits and pieces but yeah, he, he gets this reaffirmation that what he's doing is right and they believe him over her. So yes, he feels empowered to continue this type of behavior. And that happens every day, just in everyday relationships. The friends are saying, oh, you poor thing. You know, I did look up a few things yesterday and, and one picture, and, and we never know what was really happening, but it was kind of telling. And it was somebody, you know, a photographer got a picture of them in a car and she was really crying. And he just, and you couldn't see his face all the way, but he was very calm, very, and, uh, you know, I've just, that just happens all the times in these abusive relationships because he's calm and he's got a goal and she's upset because she's really feeling it and trying to convince him or one way or the other, I didn't do it, or I want this to stop. I just want us to do better. And he's just calm and cool. And I, I still see that in him. He's calm and cool and figuring out different tactics because she has made it known that she's moving forward. So the tactics before didn't work, but now they're working. Well, and I think the Gabby Petito case is yeah. another fine example 
of that where she, they had police officers, many police officers there. And this young woman is distraught. She's obviously upset. And her, that dude was calm and cool. And oh yeah, well, she goes crazy sometimes and she's got mental health issues. And you know how it is, wink, wink. Classic. And, and, uh, but Classic. I want to talk about that. Yes, I want to talk about exactly that. Yeah, that's just classic DV. Um, you know, I know officers try their best, but that's just a lack of training. That is classic DV. Um, often, you when you're dealing with victims early on, they'll say they can't control themselves. They just lose it. But then I'll always point to them. Well, when the police showed up, how did they act? And they're always cool off and they will turn that off and just just like the gabby petito case i mean we just seen that play out and that should have been a warning sign right then that she was somehow distraught but they just blew her off as some crazy girl and and actually thought they were doing her a favor we won't take her to jail you know, we'll just separate them, but they treated her like the um, perpetrator and him as the, the victim. Well, so. and, and I think too, that law enforcement has this from not wanting to write a report to, oh, it's just not that serious. And that just, as you say, a lack of training, where does that get addressed? And, and the excuse is always, well, we asked if she wanted to leave and she said, no, it's like, what are you going to say? As soon as you walk out the door, this dude might kill me. Literally, I mean, right. we've seen it in this exact case. And so where does, how, <laughs> How do survivors begin to, to start to navigate that? And especially when you're coming up against law enforcement officers who don't even really take you seriously. Well, it definitely is a training issue. And I would say that it, it becomes a responsibility of mandates that we put in place for mandatory training of every officer. And I know that departments, you know, funding, but it's so important that they do this because of exactly what you see the Gabby Petito case happens every day happens every day all day long and victims will they will by the time the police arrive by the time a victim even gets to the point and she didn't even call the police but by the time a victim even gets to that point they are completely distraught because they have usually tried 110 ways to fix this and they do self-blame so that's typically what you're going to get when you show up and she didn't call so she's caught off guard she's not wanting to hurt him and she likely thought she was to blame she must have instigated it she started it she's caused him to blow up because I'm sure she's heard this a thousand times it's her fault you push me to this you do this you push my buttons and that Again, we watched it out on media, and I guess the good thing is we can all see that, but we have to learn from that and then put it into required training. I do know good officers that I've seen that come out on the scene and do handle it because they've had the proper training. They know how to recognize those signs. It's not who's more upset. You have to be able to determine who's the primary aggressor, and they had that information from the initial call in Gabby Petito's case, a total stranger was saying I was, he was slapping her and they didn't even seem to address it. 
it, they just went off what he said because he was calm and she was. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a huge, a huge thing too, is, is being able to have your plan. And, and Stephanie and I had talked about this and we just want to remind our, our listeners and podcast subscribers, if you're in this dangerous situation or, or you want to get out, you know, you, you've got to make a plan. You've got to do that. And if you've got to leave right then, go, <laughs> go and do your best to, to try not to go back. It's such a dangerous situation. But on the other side of that, we also know that that that's not the reality for a lot of, of survivors that are trying to get out. So please find those resources in your area and, and try to make your plan to, to, to get yourself and your children out of that situation if you find yourself there. Um, I, one of the last things I want to talk about here in these last couple of minutes is just that those resources that are available to to some of our native women and we're talking about native women because oklahoma indian legal services um serves indian country here in oklahoma so let's talk about some of those resources that you know of that our uh, survivors in indian country can contact well some of the first is of course there is a national domestic violence hotline and it is 1-800-799-7233, but also there is a native hotline um, with strong hearts and it's 1-844-NATIVE or 762-8483. Those are some numbers you can call just to even find out where there's some resources, someone, they have trained advocates that can talk you through things, maybe start leading you to local resources. If you don't call those numbers, check with your tribe and see what type of resources they have. And it doesn't even have to necessarily be with your tribe. There's lots of programs in Oklahoma that you can call someone close to you. Um, in Oklahoma City, for instance, there's Palomar. So that's a strong domestic violence program in Oklahoma City that could start leading you to resources. But start with your tribe. There are a lot of tribes that have grants to help women because Native women um, have the highest rate of domestic violence against them. And I always like to add that 96% of that is by a non-Native. So four out of five Native women suffer domestic violence. So there are a lot of programs that actually get grants to try to help them. So try to contact your local program. Some tribes were, you know, were small in communities. We know each other. And if you're not comfortable, try to go to a different tribe or maybe a state resource first if you're not comfortable, you know, calling within your tribe. But most of the people, in fact, all of them, I've never met anyone that's not, they're very committed in these programs to help you and they want you to be safe. And that's the main thing is, is for your safety. I know the Citizen Potawatomies have the House of Hope that um, if you're coming through Oklahoma and and they they can actually help you if you're within their jurisdiction so um so there are several several um places in indian country that offer these resources to survivors and i think that there are also places where they'll help you do some some planning to to help um, get yourself out of those situations one of the so, first um, Nick, oh go ahead. go ahead i was gonna say one of the first thing they're gonna do is try to help you create a plan of escape that will work best for you on your circumstances because one doesn't fit all at your situation they'll listen to your particular circumstances and try to help you figure out a way because you know better than anyone your situation so they will try to listen to you and develop a plan tailored just to your circumstances to help you get out 
Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Nikki, for taking the time to talk to us on this beautiful day. And don't forget, if you have any questions um, about these different issues here in Indian Country, and you want to know if you qualify for services with Oklahoma Indian Legal Country, you can call 1-800-658-1497 and talk to them. And they do their intake on the phone. And um, once you get that done and they qualify you for services, then um, they can go ahead and, and start to, uh, to look at your case. So thank you so much again to Nikki Lindsay for coming on and talking to us about all of these crazy issues that we find ourselves in in this day and age. For more information about Oklahoma Indian Legal Services or to donate to help underwrite this program, visit the OILS website at oilsonline.org. This has been a production of the Institute for Native Arts and Media. Have a great day, everyone.